All right, episode 46, we are without Nick Geo today as he is having some stomach issues. Um, so it'll just be Liam and I, we're just going to go quick, just a quick little episode, mostly because we have to talk about, uh, it, Liam, it finally happened. Bucks and six was brought to fruition and the Bucks defeated the Atlanta Hawks in six games to go to the finals. How do you feel? I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm buzzing still. I can't. Be- I still can't believe it. I know it. The this one, it just feels so nice that, like, just because like we were there when the Bucks were the worst team in the league, and like right. when they were like the epitome of mediocrity throughout the NBA, like, mm-hmm. and for them to finally get to a finals after what seems like the Wisconsin sports curse had taken them the past two years, it feels really good. Yeah, so when we last recorded, we were only two games deep. The series was 1-1, I believe. So game three was the Chris Middleton fourth quarter where he mm-hmm. just exploded and finished. The, he outscored Atlanta by himself in the fourth. Um, that was a big game for the Chris Middleton haters. They had to be yeah. real quiet after that one. Um, I actually bought a Chris Middleton jersey after that game. Really? Because yeah, yes, I was so excited. I've backed that guy forever. He's been him and Giannis are the two that have been with this team since they won 15 games. You know, those are the two guys who deserve this the most. I was just so happy for Chris having that moment. Like he just, he just is such a hard worker. He deserves everything that has come to him this season. So I just love to see the success that he's having with especially with all the people who just think Chris Middleton sucks. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned you bought a Chris Middleton jersey after that game. I was actually going to buy a Chris Middleton is good t-shirt after that game. Yeah. I thought so, about that too, but I pulled the trigger on the at full jersey. I say now I have to get a Cam Johnson jersey and Nick has to get a campaign jersey because the Suns fucking made the finals. Um the Suns also won in six. I we can talk about that later, but let's get back to the Bucks. Um, game four was the worst day for Bucks fans ever. We got absolutely embarrassed, blown out, and then when we thought things could get any worse, Giannis goes down with just a brutal, brutal leg injury. Um, and I thought that was the season. I thought it was over after that. I- I also thought that was the season. I couldn't believe it. I was watching the game with Nick and our other friend, and I the room just went dead silent. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" We are so close, and then this happens. Um, but Giannis is a superhuman. Somehow, some way, no structural damage, only a hyperextended knee, and he just. Two minutes ago was listed as doubtful for game one, but I mean, he—I think he's going to play at some point in the finals. Um, yeah, I would not be surprised if he plays tomorrow night. Um, either. Uh, really? Yeah, I—I I think the doubtful is just like a precautionary thing. Um, but I mean, nobody has been able to see him practice or anything. Like, right. I don't know if you heard, but like he practiced in a private gym today. Yep, I did see like, that. Like nobody has been able to see him the way he moves. Like Coach Bud hasn't even seen him. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think right now it's very just up in the air. Like yeah. we won't receive clarity until probably like tomorrow around noon mm-hmm. is when, like, if he still listed as doubtful, then I think he probably will not play. Yeah, but but I also think I would not be surprised if he if they don't play him games one and two, and let's say. At worst, they're down 0-2 coming back to Milwaukee. Not only getting a home crowd energy, but getting Giannis back too would just be very, very good. See, that's kind of – now that he's listed his doubt over this game, now I'm kind of thinking they're going to aim for game three. And I 
I, I think, well, let's, well, let's hold off. Let's go to game. Giannis gets hurt. Let's go to game five. We go back home without Giannis and uh, Bobby Portis starts in his place and has an absolutely monster game. Um, and I think Bobby Portis, like that was his like, all right, Milwaukee, we, we love you and we see you. Um, and welcome to the team. Welcome to the squad. We hope you're here forever. I mean, Bobby Portis is, became a, he was already a fan favorite, but he became a Milwaukee legend in one night. The energy that that guy brought. Yeah, and not only Bobby Portis, but Brooke Lopez, too. I mean, Brooke was out there doing everything Giannis did. I said on t- uh, game two, that was Brooke Lopez's best game in a Bucks jersey. I think game five was his best game in a Bucks jersey. He played insane. Um, and then game six, back in Atlanta, Trey Young is back. Obviously not very healthy, but back nonetheless, home crowd. And Bucks got out to a great start which they had not done in all the previous games in Atlanta. They had always started very bad. Um, and then Drew and Chris just willed the team to a win. Um, and I, I think your tweet hit it on the spot. You know, people said, oh, this big three isn't good enough to win a finals. Well, we just made the finals without our two-time MVP. So to say that Chris and Drew aren't a good enough two and three is ridiculous, and nobody can ever make that argument ever again because we got there with just those two. Mm-hmm. I thought for a minute, I thought you were talking about the fireworks, people celebrating the Bucks. Nope, nope, but I, that was a good tweet. That was a good tweet. Um, and then also, Liam, we have to give credit to Coach Bud. I mean, he did it without without his superstar. He came out there and he executed to. I mean, he went to an O without without him, and I think a lot of people were worried that Giannis kind of carried Bud, like Aaron Rodgers carried McCarthy. But I mean, Bud showed he he knew what he was doing out there, and he coached two really really good games. Great rotations. I didn't have a problem with anything he did. Game six, I was actually upset he brought in Jeff Teague, and then Jeff Teague hit three threes. Yeah. Yeah, I so, was about to say, the, the only thing I could have maybe criticized him for was bringing in Jeff Teague, but then even that proved me wrong. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Teague made some big-time shots. I, it was his revenge game in Atlanta, which was yeah. fun to see. Yeah, and Bud going 2-0, and oh, I credit to him. Like, like, he has been through like so much scrutiny as the Bucks head coach, mainly from me, but <laughs> Him going two and all without Giannis is a very, very big deal. And I do I think that he'll do I think he's a championship caliber coach? Yeah, we'll see. That's fair. I, yeah. Th- we don't this know. is a big series. Um, but he did get us to the finals. So you have to appreciate that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But before we move on from the games, I do I want to go back to when Giannis got hurt. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you can hear my cat just meowing in the background. Nope, I can't um, hear it. <laughs> oh, great. Um, but when Giannis got hurt and he went down with that knee injury and he was holding his knee like that, I don't think I felt like that like dead inside since Aaron Rodgers went down week one against the Bears a couple oh, yeah. years ago. And it was like, shit, like <laughs> if he's done, like our season is over, over. But, I mean, I just went like stone cold. Like I didn't even know like what to think because player goes down in a non-contact injury, holding his knee a hundred times out of a hundred times he tore his ACL, which we've seen a million times can ruin somebody's career, you know, mm-hmm. which I mean, just thank God that it wasn't because that not only is it like, it's just, so much a hyperextension is just nothing compared to an ACL in terms of like career effect. So it was just a huge break for Giannis and the Bucks and the fans that he's perfectly okay. Like he'll be fine in like perfectly 100% healthy in three weeks, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I looking at that injury. When I saw it real time and I didn't see him get up and like holding his knee, I was like, uh oh. But looking back on it, like it's a bad injury. Like I would not recommend watch rewatching it. But if you were to rewatch it, I do think 
Clint Capella not landing on him at all may have saved Giannis from a torn ACL. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm a sucker for sportsmanship. So seeing all the Hawks players uh, tweet to Giannis after the game was just really nice to see that there's a huge mutual respect there between all these superstars or all these, yeah, superstars, I guess. Cause a lot of people were tweeting about Giannis, including our good buddy, LeBron, but I mean, I'm surprised LeBron didn't make that about him. So you're like, see, I told you, I told you everybody's going to get hurt because that's what he did last time when uh, Kyrie went down, but whatever. <laughs> don't get me, get, don't, let's not get going on LeBron. Yeah. He's out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so Buck Suns finals. I don't know why, but for some reason, even without Giannis, I feel good about our chances. Like, the Suns have have not protected their home court throughout the playoffs at all. Every game they lost to the Clippers was at home. So I'm not terrified to go into that building, you know? Yeah. Um, I am a little bit nervous to play the Suns just because they've been playing really well throughout the postseason. Well, yeah, obviously, I, I would have rather played the Clippers. I, no doubt. I think anybody would have rather played the Clippers. I mean, But I but, still like – I just like our chances. I think – Outside of DeAndre Ayton, who do they have that's big? You know, they like Jake we Crowder's saw it against the second biggest. Yeah, we saw it against Atlanta. I mean, when Bobby and Brooke are on the floor together, they can't go. They can't help in the paint because Clint Capella is the only player who is over seven foot in that series. You know, John Collins is six ten, and that's about three inches taller than Jay Crowder, who's going to be the next biggest guy on the floor. So I think. Mm-hmm. I just think that we're going to have – and Brooke likes to stretch, so get DeAndre out of the paint. I think that Drew is going to have a lot of success going to the paint where he is just so good. I think if there's two people in the NBA that can contain Chris Paul and Devin Booker, it's probably Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker. Um, and, you know, if Giannis does come back, I think that just adds another big that they can't stop. Giannis averaged 40 this year in the two games that they played against Phoenix. They can't guard him. Even DeAndre Ayton can't guard him. So I, I like our chances. Um, I'm not going to make a prediction because I'm just too nervous and just all that stuff. But I'm, I don't think we're going to get blown out or get swept. I'm just really excited that we're here. Yeah. Um, I'm nervous. Uh, well, we like everybody any, is going like, to like anybody is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's I don't know. There's just like a feeling of like we got here, right? I'm kind of relieved we got to the finals. So yep. Like no matter like obviously I want them to win, but if they end up losing too, like just seeing them on this stage is like very very like it means a lot to me. I I couldn't agree more. Like just like true Bucks fans we'll never complain about this if we lose, because like you said, we were there when we won 15 games, we went through the Jason Kidd era of 41 and 41, eight seed get swept first round for five years. We went through the two time MVP Giannis. Oh, he's not good enough to win a championship. Yada, yada, yada. We're here. We deserve to be here. And I just think we have to be super excited about that. I agree. I agree. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you gonna go to one of the finals games? I am not because I'm going to be out of town for almost all of July, but I will be in attendance in the Pfizer tomorrow. They're having a watch Ooh. party on the Jumbotron, and Nick and I will be in attendance. Oh wow. So yes. I will be in attendance. On my couch. Yeah. Um, Probably right where I'm were, sitting. Tickets were 10 bucks each. Oh, really? That's wow. Yeah. So we're going to my house in Milwaukee and then we're just going to Uber to the stadium and back. Mm, um, smart. Nick's finals prediction is bucks and seven since he can't be here with us today. Um, and we will have special guests, Robbie Moret, big Suns fan. Uh, first recurring guest of the show. Yeah, I was about to say, I think he's the first. He is. He is. Um, he will be joining us next week at some point to talk some Suns-Bucks finals. 
okay. I think that's all I have to say about the finals, um, the NBA. Uh, what's your prediction? I don't want to make one. I'm okay. not going to make one. I will make one. Suns in seven. Okay. You know, you said Brooklyn in seven too, so. I know. Um, the one more piece of NBA news is Nate McMillan is going to remain the head coach of the Hawks, which, duh. I mean, yeah, they would have been stupid to lose him. They had to keep him. They were like the second, had the second best record in the NBA after he, he took over when they were the 11th seed, I think. And he got them to the Eastern conference finals. So he has he to went like, stay. He went like 30 and like 14, including the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, just incre- so. I mean, he's an incredible coach. He, we've talked about it a million times on the show. I don't have to keep preaching, but yeah. Um, MLB news. Uh, uh, the Brewers have lost two in a row, but before that, they were on a, an eleven-game win streak, and Liam, they were just fucking rolling. Yeah, um, they were the hottest team in baseball for two weeks. Milwaukee was a great sports city to be in this past week or two, um, mm-hmm. but. Even though they were the hottest team in baseball, only all stars are three pitchers in Woodruff, Burns, and Hader. I think there were two snubs. I think arguably Freddie Peralta deserves it more than any of the other starting pitchers. I mean, easily. Yeah. And then Omar Narvaez got snubbed. I mean, he's batting 350 this year. He's the he's the best catcher in the NL right now. Yeah. So I think, I think they, he got snubbed big time. I agree. I, I think. A lot of people are going to say like Christian Yelich and that sort of stuff for getting snubbed, but he's only turned it on as of late. Like, um, yeah, I mean, if he would have made it, it only would have been because his name is Christian Yelich. Yeah, but on the flip side of things, if he did, if he wasn't injured for the first month, month and a half of the season, I do think he makes the All Star team. Probably. I mean, it's yeah. safe to say because he's incredible. But other than that, like, it's shocking to show how little, like the. Brewers' offense was so good during that 11-game stretch for them to have zero offensive all-stars. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that just that, shows that's you. the biggest thing. It's like we were scoring like literally like 10 runs a game. Mm-hmm. How do we not get one offensive all-star? I mean, I, I don't know. Willie Adamas I mean, has been incredible. We say that every week, but he just keeps getting better and better. Um, the series against the Cubs was – crazy the first game they won like 15 to 4 or something like that and then or 14 to 4 game two was just boring they won 2-1 but game three of that series was when the brewers got down seven to zero in two-thirds of an inning because they brought up that ashby guy in his major league debut and he just he couldn't even finish the inning he got absolutely pieced um and then the brewers ended up winning 15 to 7 yeah so that's just nuts. I think they were the first team ever to go down like seven runs and still win the game. Yeah, I mean they didn't. They did that in an in, in. I mean, after the first inning, it was like five to seven. I mean, they were gonna win that game. Yeah, <laughs> I was, and it's crazy because the whole time I was like, I don't know, our offense just been clicking so much. I'm not really that worried. Like, I think we're gonna win the game, and we killed them. It's such a flip from last year when we were saying like our offense sucks. Like this is the part we're worried about to now when they're like, you know what? Like we're at least going to get five. Right. Um, it's, it's a season so long and stuff, but seeing how we play at our highest potential, I kind of like our chances against just about anybody in October. We're also like four or five games out in first place right now. I think we're even more because the Cubs have lost like 10 straight. Yeah, so I mean, and we right? won eleven straight. I, we I, we have like a nine game lead. I want to say, which is really by far the biggest in uh, the MLB. Let me just do some research real quick. Uh, we have six and a half over the Even. Reds. Actually, the Cubs ha- are d- down by eight games. So Cincinnati passed Chicago. Even six and a half games. That's a big lead when the All Star breaks right around the corner. Yeah, I mean we're at. If you had told me the Brewers are going to have 50-plus wins at the All-Star break, I would have been shocked. I would have been shocked, too. So, I mean, shout-out to the Brewers. Shout-out to Craig Council. I mean, he just mm-hmm. performs every year. I, he's a, I really like that guy. And I, I don't think I really would really be making a big deal out of this if 
the NL West wasn't so good this year because they have three teams that are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be no wild card spots available in the NL. So you have to win your division if you're in the NL East or NL Central. Right. And the Brewers are definitely in a good spot to do that as of right now. Yeah, they, they control their own destiny. Yeah. Typical Wisconsin sports. Yeah. It usually doesn't end too well. <laughs> um, next up, Trevor Bauer is under some hot fire this week. He was accused of sexual assault by his ex-girlfriend, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. And he is currently taking a seven-game, seven-day leave of, leave of absence. He's not expected to return to the team when – that absence is over, but I just, this, I, this isn't even about Trevor Bauer. I just, I don't get what the NFL is doing. I mean, Trevor Bauer has one thing happen to him and he has to take a leave of absence, which I agree with, but what Deshaun Watson has had 22 women come out and say he's a fucking serial rapist. And the NFL has not to this day. It's happened. It's been going on for months. The NFL has not made a peep about it. Like what is going on and with that Deshaun Watson stuff? Yeah, I the, the fact that Deshaun Watson like we haven't heard anything. Nothing. Like like the only thing we're hearing about Deshaun Watson is oh he's not going to report to camp because of a contract dispute. Yeah, like, it's re- fucking ridiculous. Like, and, it, I don't get what's happening because Trevor Bauer immediately the, as the day after it all came out. You know, he was getting punished and was under scrutiny by the league. Deshaun Watson, though, it's been months and 22 times the women that have come out against Trevor Bauer and not not a word from Goodell, not a word from the Texans, not a word from Deshaun Watson. It's just strange, man. I don't know what's going on. Or as bad as a commissioner as Rob Medford is, the fact that he will like openly strike down on this is a very good thing. Roger Goodell doesn't do shit against sexual assault violations and stuff like that. They just sweep them under the rug. Like, yeah, I mean, we see that all the time, but like this one's a big deal. First of all, it's a cornerstone of the NFL. And second off, it's not, Oh, one girl said this and Deshaun said this, it's 22 different people. Like that is a, Un fucking real amount of people that come out and accuse somebody of something. That's um, a full football roster. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's a lot of freaking people. Like, one is a lot for the for this situation. Twenty two? Are you kidding me? Can we can we get some more information about this? I'm just very curious. What's can I mean? He should be in fucking prison. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> It's really interesting we're talking about this the week that Bill Cosby decided to get out of jail. I mean, that's so far. It's just so stupid. And then people people wonder why these women are afraid to come out and say anything. Oh, maybe because when it happens, people are just like, eh, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. We'll just let him walk free. Deshaun, 22 women. Eh, we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll handle this later. God, it's fucking yeah. so bullshit. I think what's also bullshit is that these professional athletes, all, all black male professional athletes, if these were normal black males who weren't professional athletes, who weren't famous, they'd be rotting in a jail cell immediately after these accusations. It's kind of interesting that you bring this up because I'm rewatching the, uh, an OJ Simpson documentary. And I mean, it's the same thing. If, OJ Simpson murdered two people allegedly and had a huge trial and people didn't think he did it. I think black or white, any other person on the planet murders two people and the evidence is that damning they're in jail the rest of their life. But I I think black or white, I think it's the professional athlete. It's the celebrity privilege Mm -hmm. that these people get. And it's, it's nuts. Like people want to talk about privilege and this and that, but I, like there's nothing bigger than celebrity privilege. Those guys can do whatever they want, whenever they want, and they will not be punished. They will not be punished ever. Yeah. Like Ian, you have pretty privilege. Deshaun Watson has celebrity. Oh God. Privilege. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, 
whatever. It's just stupid. Yeah. Trevor Bauer, if it's true, deserves to be punished. Yeah. Um, we don't know much yet because it just came out, but it doesn't look good. look great for him. Yeah. No, yeah. it never looks good in these kind of situations. But okay, let's get to some more positive stuff. Um, name, image, and likeness in the NCAA has officially passed, and is it, as of Thursday, it is in full swing. Yeah, it. This should have been coming for a very, very long time. Yeah, I. I I don't know what side of the fence you sit on, Ian, but I do think college athletes should be paid. Uh, and I know people have different opinions about this, but the fact that they're going to school full-time and basically working a 40-hour work week with the team, mm-hmm. they're putting in twice as much time and effort as the normal college student. So I do think they should get paid. Um, name, image, likeness is like a really, really good route for getting paid because it's not coming directly from the like university itself is coming from the sponsors and stuff like that. So if they were to get paid, this would be the route. And I'm happy that it was passed. So here I have, I, I, first of all, I'm impressed by saying, I think this is a good thing. I think you're right. I think name engine lines is the best way to go because it's up to the individual uh, to decide what kind of brand deals they want and how much they're willing to make and take and negotiate. It's not like, Oh, the school is going to Oklahoma is going to pay Spencer Rattler this much, but Nebraska can only pay Omar Manning this much. Like it's not fair, you know, like obviously they're going to have different salaries because they're very two different players, but name and likeness defeats that. It's just like, you do what you want. Um, I do think for the first couple years though, this is going to be very rocky. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of things that happen where, um, you know, there's a lot of shitty people in this world who are going to take advantage of these 18 year old kids and offer them a bunch of money that they won't be able to give them or they'll just uh, fuck up their career trajectory. And I think, I think we're going to see a lot of players who are very talented lose focus. I think like college athletics is still the main thing, you know? And I think, if you, if somebody gives you a hundred thousand dollars, are you going to care if your coach says, Hey, you need to do this better. Are you going to care? I'm most people will, but there's going to be some people who are like, Oh, fuck that. I don't care. I don't give a shit what coach K says, because I just made a hundred grand last week. I'm already rich. I think, um, I, I was listening to a podcast about this earlier this week and they were calling it like an early finish line. These players can't think, just because I got paid, that's the finish line. Like I'm, I'm, I've done it. We see it all the time in the NBA. A player gets drafted, gets that signing bonus, and then they fucking stop giving a shit. And they don't care about, they don't care about it anymore because they got the money, and that always, always ends badly. Um, yeah, um, I never thought about it that way, and now that you bring it up, I do think that we will have that problem, but play devil's advocate for that on the professional side of things if you're like a talent evaluator looking at this like the talent coming into the professional leagues you don't know whether they actually love the game and will progress as a talent or if they just want the money and secure the bag and then get out i think that if they were to like get 100k and just slack off makes it much much easier on the talent evaluators from the professional side of things Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it's really going to, you know, shuffle out the kids who care and the kids who want to get to the next level and the kids who want to secure the bag and then don't care anymore. So I think it's a great point. I think we'll see maybe in, you know, when this gets in more effect down the line, we'll see like less busts in the NBA because it's going to be the kids who really, really want to get good and want to be better. Um, rather than the people who are like, oh, I can't wait for my rookie signing bonus. I just thought of something, too, about this. Do you think that this will make more kids overseas come to the United States for college to play? Probably. Like, do you think Luka Doncic? maybe not, because, I mean, first of all, I think kids have to know they're not going to be making tens of thousands of dollars. They're going to be making hundreds of dollars at a time with these deals because the deals are just going to be like local stuff. Like Nike's not, can't reach out to anybody at Nebraska because they're an Adidas school, you know, they, you can't cross over like that. So the big brands are going to stay away from this. It's going to be like local 
So they're not going to be making tons of money overseas though. You get paid because you, there's no college. So you're straight and professional. So is Luka Doncic making more playing for FC Barcelona than he would playing in college? Probably. Yeah. So maybe, um, I think the other, I think the other big thing, oh man, I just had it. I here, you go ahead. Let me think. Um, we do know one college athlete, us personally, that got a brand deal. (laughs) Jacob Mogensen got a brand deal for, uh, playing D2 football. I don't know if you saw that. Is that what that Instagram post was today? The PSD? I think that's what it was because really? I don't know what okay. else, why else he would partner with that unless he really wants to be involved in a pyramid scheme. True. Um, but then I also want to say, did you see the, um, the college basketball player from like middle Tennessee state or like some very, very small school got paid like $2 million in a brand deal. Really? Yeah. Like I did not see that. I think, it was some famous guy's son too. Oh, that's so I don't why. know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings up a good point. The other biggest thing, Liam, is going to be paying taxes. You know, the this isn't this isn't McDonald's where they take the money out of your paycheck. You get all this money up front, and then at the end of the year, you have to pay it back. So these kids need to surround themselves with a team of people who are going to make sure that you're on top of that. You know. Because at the end of the year, when you're going into the college football playoff and Spencer Rattler is wanted for fucking tax evasion and gets dragged off the field to be put in jail because he didn't know he had to pay his taxes, that's going to happen. That's inevitable because people like him are going to be making a lot of money. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not saying him, and, but just pe- players of his stature, you know, Um that's going to be a big thing is that these kids have to surround themselves with the right people. And like I said, a lot of people are going to take advantage of this because you tell any 18 year old in the world, Hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for this. They're going to do it without even thinking about it athlete or not. I mean, it's just, there's, I think in 10 years, this is going to be a really, really good thing, but there's going to be some bumps and we're going to see a lot of things work out uh, in ways that, don't benefit the players. Yeah. But I, I, like I said, I think this is a good thing. I think it's a fair way to do it. It's just going to take a while for this to be uh, figured out. I agree. I, I think that one of the biggest bumps that is that they are going to occur incur is that um, I think obviously we're going to see the uh, players from football, basketball, those sort of like sports be paid well. And we're not going to see players from, field hockey, track and field, even soccer. They, they won't be paid as well because they don't have the same brand recognition as these football or basketball players that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there will be some debates about whether should they be paid equally, should they be paid differently. And I think in a couple, it may not come up right now, but I think in a couple of years, we'll start to see those conversations come back up. I actually just remembered another point that I had. I think this is also another big one is when you think of social media influencers who are popular, why are they popular and why do they, why are they so famous? It's because their lives are filled with drama because that's what people like to see. So if you're, I think the perfect example is this Wisconsin and Greg guard situation. If these kids can make money by posting their conversation their private conversation with greg guard and people are going to want to buy that because that's what's going to sell that creates a problem with like do coaches want these guys in their locker room who care more about social media and creating drama like like nobody's do you think a duke player is gonna coach k is gonna want a duke player being like yeah coach k really got into us this morning at practice like he nobody's gonna want that shit out there so I think that's also going to be something I think, I don't know if these coaches are going to want that kind of stuff in their locker room. I could contribute to part of the reason Roy Williams retired and coach K retired. They might not like the direction that this is all going where it's going to turn into a, a circus. Mm-hmm. Like people like drama. And if these players are creating drama in the locker room and with the coaches, that's going to end very poorly 10 times out of 10 times. I, agree. Yeah, I just, I, 
like I said, I, it probably sounds like I'm against it with all these points. I'm just being cautious because I think a lot of people are just thinking, Oh, they're getting paid. Everything's good. They're getting their money. There's a lot of problems and there's going to be a lot of problems. I agree. There's a lot that goes into it. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people realize how much is going into this. Yeah. And the other thing, Liam, this is being headed by the NCAA. It's going to go wrong because they don't have a plan for anything. I mean, like, like you were saying with the money, like with the money stuff, how does this person make as much as somebody playing field hockey? The NCAA has no plan in place. They literally just said, okay, everybody free reign. You can go make money by yourselves if you want. There's no plan in effect, which like, okay, well, what are the rules? Like, what can, what can an Adidas school offer compared to a Nike or Under Armour school? Like, can Nike partner with Nike schools? Can Nike partner with somebody who plays for an Under Armour school? Like, there's going to be stuff like this, but the NCAA has no plan. I can promise you that. And that's where things are going to get really funky is when the NCAA has to start coming in and making up rules on the spot because they did this with no plan in place. Yeah, and let's remember the NCAA did not even want to do this. They yeah. had to be taken to Supreme Court. Exactly. I mean, and so they're being forced to do this. So, yeah, but I, I just I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing for for kids who go to Nebraska. I can tell you that uh, because Nebraska is has a lot of fans and a lot of social media following for kids who go to Nebraska. I saw a tweet. And it was like the top 10 schools are going to benefit from this. And Nebraska was third on that list. And all the comments were like, Oh, Nebraska sucks. Nebraska sucks. It's like, yeah, they might suck, but I don't think you realize how dedicated and how much the people in Nebraska care about the school and how much money they will give to the players that if they're able to like Nebraska is going to be a hot spot for this. So it really benefits us. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm just, you know, I don't have to worry about the effects. I'm just saying that's just the kind of stuff we're going to see. But yeah. yeah. Um, last thing, Kofi Coburn enters the transfer portal. Uh, I did not see this coming. I, I, Illinois was fucking a one seed in the tournament and he's deciding to leave. I don't know where he's going to go. I haven't heard anything, I but I just know he's gone. I don't know why he would decide to leave either. Yeah. I mean, you know what it could, you know what it could be. It could be, does Illinois, is Illinois going to have that much benefits from the NIL? Maybe he wants to go somewhere that's going to get a lot more attention because Illinois powerhouse in the big 10, but in the grand scheme of things, like being good does not equal money and followers as of mm-hmm. right now, as we, as we can see with like schools like Nebraska. And I think number one on our list was like Missouri. So, Yeah. I, that, that that's what my that was my first thought i think we're going to see a lot of that like oh where can i make the most money i'm going to transfer there um but yeah i was shocked by this i was shocked too i mean i didn't even know until he texted me about it and yeah i ju- i it had just come out like a minute ago a minute before that so yeah and the fact that like he wasn't even like like entering the draft either i just it just it doesn't make sense for me like i don't know he was one of the best players in the big 10 in a very good college basketball conference the best and he the best this past year and he was one of the best centers in the entire nation mm-hmm. right i don't know yeah usually usually when you enter a transit portal it's because you want more playing time you know that's why this getting, was so interesting yeah and i i wonder if it has something to do with like the sumo I uh, deciding to stay in the draft and yep. like he doesn't want to play without him and, or he doesn't think Illinois will be as good next year without AO. Yeah. Uh, I think that definitely has something to do with it. I think he probably knows that was Illinois year. They might not be as good going forward. Do you think he stays in the big 10? You think he goes out of conference? I think he goes out of conference. Yeah, um, me too. I feel like you don't see kids transfer in conference very often. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I. Do I think Illinois will be good for a very long time? Yes. Do I think they'll have another year like they had last year? No. I think Brad Underwood's a very good coach, and he'll keep them competitive. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think there's any way Illinois is going to be able to compete. 
compete with like the Dukes, North Carolinas of the world, especially without Coburn and Desumu. Yeah, I mean, those are two big pieces that they're yeah. losing. The Big Ten has lost a lot of big pieces. Now that you think about it, yeah. Coburn, Rocket Watts from Machine State, Marcus Carr from Minnesota, um, EJ Liddell decided to come back to Ohio State for his junior year this past week. Dwayne Washington but, left though. Yeah, uh, the Aaron Wiggins, the brother of Andrew, decided to leave his name in the draft as mm-hmm. opposed to going to Maryland. But yeah, a lot of big pieces are moving in the Big Ten. Interesting. How's Wisconsin looking? Um, they're losing a lot. Yeah, I mean, they have Brad Davison coming back, which doesn't <laughs> for his eighth season. So, um, oh, did you see Kobe King committed to uh? What's the name? Fuck, I'm Uh-oh. having a brain fart right now. It's where I, it's where Nate Reavers, I... Nate Reavers, and Trevor Anderson are going to the same school. I'm like, sure, but Kobe King transferred again. Wait, what? This says that Kobe King entered the G League. This article is from January, though. Oh, really? Uh, I have former Badger Kobe King to play for Valparaiso. Interesting. Oh, so he attempted to make the G League roster in the G League bubble draft. So maybe since he didn't make it, he's still eligible to play in college. Yeah, so I think what he did was he went to Wisconsin originally and then transferred to Nebraska. And then he transferred somewhere else after that? No, I think he, after he left, I mean, he didn't even step on campus at Nebraska. He committed and decommitted in literally the span of three days. Yeah, I I don't know what that man did. And then apparently he entered the uh, G League bubble draft, did not get selected, and now he's transferring to Valparaiso. Some of these, I don't know. It's interesting. I have I have some thoughts on the transfer portal, but like, I mean, we saw this with a. I don't know if you heard about Luke McCaffrey. He left Nebraska. Um, obviously, we talked about that, and then he went to Louisville. He did the first week of camps and left there again. And I don't know why it's like, like is, is the leash that short of like, Hey, I'm not getting what I want. So I'm just going to leave. I guess maybe so. like, maybe if you have to leave a school twice, maybe it's you. Yeah. And like, I bet you what it is, is that he wants to play, be a starting quarterback and I'm sorry, but he's just not good enough to be a starting quarterback. No. I think it's really interesting when people argue this because there's both sides are making great points. If you're a player and you cannot sit there and you transfer two or three times and you can't sit there and fight for a spot, then I think you're the problem. But on the yeah, flip side... Yeah, what kind of character does that show when you go yeah, to the next level? Yeah, but on the flip side too, people who argue, okay, well, like if players can transfer, if coaches can transfer from school to school all the time, why can't players? And I agree. If you're a coach and you... Like you can't just jump from job to job. Like you mm-hmm. have to establish a connection there. No, yeah. I like the transfer portal. I just think that it some kids have taken advantage of it. Like, oh, I'm not getting what I want. I'll just go somewhere else. Again, like, I mean, Luke McCaffrey, he had one touchdown and eight interceptions last year. It's like, dude, that's not Nebraska because AJ Martinez was good. So that's you. And I bet you, and like he's more of a running back or wide receiver than he is a quarterback. And but I'm assuming he wants to play quarterback. So and Louisville probably wasn't going to let him. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to throw a football if you want to be a quarterback. (laughs) Sorry, you can't just run the ball every play. Oh man, Uh, we saw this Tate Martell a couple years ago too. Yes, yes, that's a great example. I mean, first of all, anybody that did you watch QB one? I did. Yeah. I mean, he he's been a bitch forever. Yeah. So that I, didn't surprise me at all. He he was a privileged whiny baby. He's also not a quarterback. He's like five ten. Yeah. Like, so is Luke McCaffrey. He's like yeah. five nine. It's like, like sorry, dude, but unless you're as good as Russell Wilson or Drew Brees, give it up. <laughs> I mean, but whatever. Um, last thing we have. Did you watch The Bachelorette this lot today? I did not watch it tonight. No. 
Okay. I watched last week's episode though. See, okay. So we can talk about last week. I don't have much to say about last week. Tonight was a great episode. And when you watch it, make sure you watch the teaser trailer for the rest of the season at the end, because it's going to get you very excited. Oh, I cannot wait. Maybe the best teaser trailer of any media I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Liam, really? it was nuts. This season's going to be crazy. I'm getting like Pilot Pete season vibes. Like that much drama. Okay, I don't think people realize the fact that you just said the best teaser trailer of media all time because Ian will sit there and watch Nathan Marzan hype videos for the Bucks <laughs> round by yeah. round, and that is probably like the peak of that. I can't imagine anything better than that. Trust me. Next week when we record, you get back to me on this, okay? Okay. Um, but last week, maybe one of the all-time bachelor moments ever is when during the rose ceremony and Katie called Thomas up and all the guys were shocked. And when he walked up there to get the rose all smirking, she pretty much said, you are a bum bitch and I hate you. Get the fuck out of here. And I, I fucking lost my shit. I couldn't believe it, dude. I, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. When she first called his name, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? The I had the same reaction of all the guys in the group. I was like, this bitch is so stupid. Yeah. And I was like, the producers like had to have keep had to have kept him. Like whatever. And then it went to commercial break. And then it came back and she just absolutely just went into him. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I would hate to be that man right now. Oh, and Blake showed up last week. I yeah. Um I kind of hate it. I kind of hate that. I I don't. I did not realize that this is his third time on a season of The Bachelorette or Bachelor. Wait, is it his third? It's kind of his second because Claire and Taysha was one season, but it was two girls. Yeah, I forgot. So this is his third attempt with a female. Yeah. Second Um, season, though. Yeah. I I was wondering when they said, because the guys were saying like how it's his third like season. I was like, yeah, but third try. Yeah, third try. Then now that makes a lot more sense. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I liked Blake during Tasha's season. Um, but I don't know. I won't it, speak too much on Blake since you haven't seen this most recent episode, but Okay. Um the one thing I want to say about Blake though is how can you go from saying that you're fully in love with Tasha and then six months later saying I am fully in love with Katie? After and never meeting her. I, I think there needs to be more than six months for you to get over somebody that you love. Uh, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm no mathematician, but yeah. Um, so I'm so do you know like the guys? Like, do you have your favorites? Um, yeah, I want to bring up Aaron because we talked okay. about him last week. I don't like the guy. No, I, no, and like when uh, who who was the guy that went and talked to Katie first about Thomas being a problem? Trey. Trey, yeah. When Trey like went and said something, and then the guy who was arguing with him, I Andrew was Andrew. Arguing yes, with him. yes. Um, I don't know. And Aaron just being all like defensive about it. Like, I don't know. I Aaron just rubs me the wrong way because he was defensive about that. And like Trey and Andrew, like, I don't know, like both of them made good points, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like if you're Andrew, you don't have to like, so if Trey wants to spend his time doing that, so what? Like, whatever. yeah, like I get what both of them were saying, but Andrew's looking out for himself and Trey's kind of looking out for like everybody else. So I'm kind of leaning on Trey's side. Like, He's like, if this guy stays here, we're all fucked. And Andrew's like, well, I don't care if he stays as long as I'm good. So a little selfish. But when you're on the bat, you're supposed to be selfish on this show. So I get it. But Trey's just Trey's one of the boys. Yeah. Um, did Katie send Connor home? The cat guy? No, he's still there, I think. Okay. Was he there on tonight's episode? I just want to know. There's two. There's two. There was there two Connors. 
Yeah, there's two. Okay, one of the Connors is still there. Okay. The, because... the Connor who the Connor who's still there is the one who um talked about cheating on his girlfriend when they had like that intervention thing. Yes, that's the guy. Yep. Yeah, he's still there. He's still there. Okay. Because last week's episode, they had one rose left. And then that's when Katie called up Thomas. But I don't remember seeing Connor having a rose. Right. And then I noticed that too. They didn't show who she gave that last rose to. Yeah. And then they just cut to the end. And I was like, Yes, I noticed did, that. And I was like, Did they just send Connor home? So like, it must have been him who got it. Because I was so confused. I was like, Connor was like the favorite from the get go. Yeah. Like, did they just send him home after the third or fourth episode? Yeah. Um, I think my favorite is Greg right now. Uh, I like Greg too. He's awesome. Um, him and then Mike P, the virgin, my, oh, my pure king. I love that guy. Um, so last thing I have to say before we sign off is that, you know, we always say like the bachelors, like, oh, the producers always make them keep the bad people because it's good TV. I'm starting to think maybe everybody on the show is just fucking stupid because Katie has gotten rid of every single bad person. So maybe it's just all the people that they contestants that they pick are just fucking idiots who keep that around because katie has not put up with anything every time there's a tiny bit of drama she kicks him out i think this just makes it so much worse that matt james kept victoria for so (laughs) fucking long i know i mean i know i know oh man, queen victoria god she was the worst oh shit Pete had a bad Victoria too. Yeah, Victoria F. Damn, the one it's just Victoria's like all over the liar. place. Yeah, I know. We gotta mark that one off the uh, daughter's name, the daughter's list names. Or <laughs> no potential, Victorias. or potential uh, wife names either. No yeah, Victorias. True. No Victorias. No Victorias in in our lives for eternity. Yeah, absolutely not. If your name is Victoria, I disown you. You're dead to me. Yep. All right. Um, I think that's all we got. Um, I will, Nick and I will have a lot to say about the finals game being there tomorrow. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's electric. I hope it's awesome. I think um, it will be. I'm hoping that we win. Um, obviously, but yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Nick will be back next week. And so will special guest drive Moret. So get excited for that. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.